Hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, depending on where you are in the world. This is Maddie Grant, culture consultant at Propel, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Sonia Lucina, a president of Question Pro Workforce. We have an awesome topic for today. I'm super excited. This one is complicated and um, confusing and just so much to talk about. And I really love it. So, Sonia, I'm going to kick it over to you to tee us off with our first data point and the topic of the day. Thank you so much, Maddie. So what we're going to talk about today is pay. <laughs> One of those things, like Maddie was saying, it's so incredibly important. And it's such a gray area. And for so long, organizations and thought leaders have gone through, you know, do we have complete transparency about pay? How important is pay for people? Um, should purpose and the greater good and what you do for a job be more important? And so mm -hmm. pay as much less or is a king. And it's certainly one of those areas that we continue to um, evolve with. We continue to learn about. We are trying to find the right answers. And I think as a society, it changes a lot too, because probably... I know some decades ago, maybe very few people talked about pay. And it's also culturally different. Like in some countries, it's a lot more transparent. In other countries, it's not. So anyways, it's a yeah. really, really fun topic to talk about. Um, and today we're going to talk about it. We have a couple of data points, as we always do. And we're going to talk about it from a couple of different angles. Um, first is going to be in talent acquisition and attraction. Um, and how important is it for that? And the second one is going to be in retention. Of course, both very related, but somewhat different yeah. because it's it's a very different spot in um, in an employer worker journey. So the first data point comes from a study that we published a couple of months ago um, called From Chaos Comes Clarity. And we asked 1,200 people in the United States how important are different factors when they're looking for, you know, when they're applying for a job, when they're considering for a job. And what we found is that 50% of those respondents ranked salary as the number one factor when choosing a work opportunity and actually 71% ranked it as one of the top two factors. So clearly this does not mean that I, one thing I want to make really clear is that this does not mean the purpose is not important. The passion is not important. The values alignment is not important. And the reason why I stress that so much is that sometimes the way people think about it is like pay is enemy of all of that. And you're either yeah. paid well or you find fulfilling work. And as somebody who really cares about people, cares about organizations, is an organizational psychologist, that like crushes my little soul. <laughs> like, no, 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 this, this is a win-win. There is a way to get both. Um, but it's so important for organizations to know that no matter how much people are saying, you know, more, they're more and more vocal that they want to make a difference that it doesn't ma mean the matter that pay is not important to them far from it actually. Right. Yeah. I think from my perspective as a culture consultant, of course, you know, culture is always the, the hammer, you know, when, when the, the problem is anything. <laughs> um, so we're the first people to, to talk about all of the data that shows how important um, purpose and passion is and culture is to people looking for, for work. And that's true. But I also really want to echo what Sonia said and just talk about the fact that 
we're not discounting pay. And what is actually really important, and we're going to talk a lot about this today, is how how organizations are transparent and share you know their the different salary scales that they use is actually also a culture element, right? Their ability to talk about how they structure their pay. Um, so we can we can definitely do that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, building off of that, Maddie, actually, what are your thoughts? There's been an ongoing debate, and I think it's maybe been picked up a little bit more now about advertising pay on job postings and job advertisements and being transparent about that. Um, what do you think? Do you think it's important for organizations to say? you know, exactly what, how much a, a job pays or a range, or do you think that yeah, maybe it's so better kept private? <laughs> for me, um, again, as a coming from the culture perspective, I always lean towards more transparent is better. Um, but specifically, I think there's a general trend in that direction. So for example, um, the city of New York requires employers to post salary ranges on job listings now. Um, and I think the reason that that's important is that it it levels the playing field in terms of all different kinds of jobs. So as you probably know, people can do their own research. You know, there's this thing called Google <laughs> where you can find out what people get paid for your job, whatever your job is, right? No. So, so that that information is out there, but the ability for for companies to actually just openly state what the ranges are. And of course, it's always a range. You know, it's not a set amount. It'll be, it'll change depending on the candidate's uh, work experience and, you know, maybe even previous pay, et cetera, et cetera. So there's, there's other factors that go into that. But their ability to have that just clean salary range posted just makes it, it, it removes a lot of cognitive load, honestly, and it makes it easier for people to compare like with like. So mm -hmm. let's say I'm looking for a marketing job. Well, I can look at six different companies and decide on any number of other factors, including culture and their values, but also, you know, location and commute and ability to work from home. So no commute, <laughs> you know, there's a million different pieces of the puzzle that tell me whether I want to apply for a job at this company versus this other company. Um, so, you know, that's just kind of one perspective on how having that, that salary range posted just makes life easier for everybody. Um, and then as we'll talk about, there's some actually much deeper reasons why that's important. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's interesting. I agree with what you're saying about transparency and somebody is saying, well, you know, do I want to spend my time applying if this is really out of my range, what I need, you know, for a living or what I expect to be making, I would rather know that off the bat. Um, and then somebody, you know, else could come in and argue, well, you know, those larger organizations that have bigger brands can oftentimes pay more money and they're already getting like hundreds of applicants per job and I'm not as well known of a company and maybe I can't compete as much, but I think, you know, I have an amazing value, value proposition and so are people going to be self-selecting themselves out? And I think, you know, if, if my pay is not competitive, if that's like one of the things that's as black and white to compare to somebody else, um, I think one good way is to maybe test it. And try an opening with the salary, try an opening without the salary, 
see the quality of candidates you're getting, the volume of candidates that you're getting. I think, you know, reality, if that data is out there and the transparency is out there, it could probably help both parties. If you're seeing that your, you know, pay is not as competitive, could you do better? And if you can't, I don't know, maybe then try without it and see in the conversation, is your value proposition, you know, convincing? How many more people can you get to? But I think the jury, obviously, like, because it's still such a big debate, in many cases, the jury is out on what's the exact right thing to do. But the one thing that is clear, and I hope it's clear for everybody, I know it's not yet, but I hope it will be soon, is that it doesn't matter whether you post your range or your pay, and usually it's going to be a range because there might be some flexibility on the seniority or the experience level of the person or educational background or whatever that is, that that transparency does not always equal equity and pay, that organizations still need to do that work to make sure that even maybe if I'm a woman and I'm applying against a man that I don't end up in the lower range and he ends up in the higher range just because of the way we approach negotiation or because of any preconceived notions about who we are, that transparency doesn't eliminate that bias. So organizations still need to do their internal work to make sure that they're looking at the data and being really, very scientific, very data-driven and very honest with themselves that they're not paying people, minorities, women, less than they're paying men just because of what we've seen, you know, historically when it comes to hiring. Um, I think well, that that's something, yeah. Sorry, go, the, the, this is exactly the point, right? So the, the proponents of keeping these things private um, are usually because there's such a wide range of of salaries and maybe they don't have a good reason for why this white man is paid X thousand dollars more than everybody else, you know? So, so there's, there's a lot of data to show that being transparent about salary ranges kind of levels the playing field and reduces, um, you know, wage gaps between uh, men and women and between in, in, in racially diverse um, mm-hmm. organizations as well. But you're totally right. You have, you still have to do the work on the back end. You can't just, yeah. you can't just be transparent and that's it. Your work is yeah. done. Well, uh, and one of the, one idea, of the things- let me just, let me just say one thing that the idea of leveling the playing field is that the top people need, that means they drop down. Right. So that is, that is a legitimate fear from from certain, you know, higher level workers, that if all the salary ranges are transparent to everybody, that that means they'll have to be paid less in order to help bring the lower levels up to equity. Yeah, well, that actually brings us um, very nicely to our next data point, which is, you know, what happens once you're inside the organization. So we talked a little bit about hiring and we talked about transparency and job advertisements and the pros of that. And even if you're not following that path, what do you do on the back end? But what happens when you're inside the organization? And so we ran another study um, where we actually surveyed um, a thousand people in the United States, a thousand people in the UK and a thousand people in Germany. And we asked workers if they feel like they can have a constructive conversation with their manager about pay and actually fewer than half, only 47% said for that to be true. 
So now this is past the hiring process. You're already in the organization. Probably some months have passed at least or at least a year before you feel like you have, you know, the, the opportunity to really talk about pay. And people are saying that they don't have those constructive conversations. And so one thing that for those of you who have listened to Maddie and I before have probably heard us talk about procedural justice and the psychological concept that um, there's a big difference when there is an outcome. And if a person just hears an outcome, they're like without any rational and any explanation, they're much more likely to receive that outcome negatively than if they actually have a conversation about it. So when you combine the fact that many people are actually not satisfied with their pay um, and that these conversations are not happening, this is probably like the one single best thing that managers can do is actually talk with their people about it. And maybe they're a little worried because they're saying like, oh, no, everybody, everyone's going to want an increase. And like, what am I going to (laughs) say? But the thing is, they're not doing themselves any favors, actually not having that discussion. You know, I think this is such an interesting psychological barrier that I'm pretty sure most, if not all cultures have around talking about money. Like, why is it so hard to talk about money? Again, that's way beyond just work. I think in general, like, what is it about, you know, salaries and money and pay that's just so kind of scary for people to talk about? Um, But it's interesting. I've read some articles about um, the idea that if you, this is, this would be a downside of salary transparencies is that you might be less productive. Your people might be less productive if everybody at a certain job title, job range, you know, gets paid the same amount. There's, so there would be less incentive for people to perform. So, and that's an interesting concept. Of course, you know, in the culture world, we talk about the fact that people want to perform to, to do well at work for reasons way beyond financial incentive. And that is true. And there's research to back that up. But, but it is kind of an interesting thought that, you know, if I have, if I work with 20 other people who do a similar job to me and we all get paid the same, no matter what, (laughs) unless I work in a really bad way that, you know, I deserve to, to get fired or not get paid or whatever, you know, if I'm in the mid range of people who just kind of clock in and clock out, like what's, why would I want to do more, you know? Yeah. So. I well, it's interesting. I was actually having a conversation with one of our colleagues about that earlier today. And um, we were talking about hiring for our team in the different levels. And we were talking about, in this case, you know, sales positions in particular and um, a little bit of generational differences too. And so what he was saying that like really like struck me was like, God, that, that's, it's so true. And it's so interesting is that some of the generation, younger generations now, I and mean, many of us, but like definitely younger generations grew up playing video games. And what he was saying is like kind of back in the day, like for you, and I'm not a gamer, so I'm sorry if I'm saying anything, any of this incorrectly, but I think it's true. Like what he was saying is, um, you know, when we were younger and like, I don't know if it was like Super Mario or whatever, like, but you kind of had to work hard for most levels. Like you, you had to go through phases and earn the next one and earn the next one. And when it, yeah, and when it was not up. easy. Yeah. But like now it's easier. 
because they want to engage you. They want to continue to give you like those bits of like a level, 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 level. So you feel like, ah, like there's this constant gain and that sometimes in organizations, like some organizations are setting that up. So you have like where maybe one before you had one level for a position. Now you break that one up into three and you're, you know, you're taking yeah. these like smaller steps, but it's always, you feel like the sense of accomplishment and advancement. So that's like something that like psychological, like, okay, like I'm advancing into different areas, but that's probably also like why, you know, pay for performance is still a significant topic and why bonuses are a significant topic. Because I do think that, um, obviously it is so important to pay people fairly that that's like a mute point, but do you become complacent? Like, do you expect that? Yes, I'm at a certain level. And so I'm going to perform the same way as everybody on this level. Or if I'm performing more, what's my upside? If I'm not making more money, like, am I going to get to that next position? Because in most organizations or not, I shouldn't say most in a lot of organizations, that's going to be the case. Like we've, we've grown up and it's probably okay to think about the harder, the smarter I work, the better results I'll get. So if you completely level out this playing field to your point, like what's the incentive of people to work harder? Um, But maybe you do have different levels. Maybe you do have those different kinds of bonuses. Like it should definitely not open up ground for inequality, but it should definitely not take away people's drive to not think like the, the more, if I, if I'm making a greater effort than my colleagues, if I'm actually producing better results, is it fair for me to stay compensated the same if I'm contributing more? And if not, okay, well, what's the answer to that? Are you putting me higher on the bracket that I'm in? Are you promoting me? Like, this is why everyone's talking about this, right? Like nobody talks about easy issues that are black and white. We talk about things that are not easy to solve. (laughs) No. And we, we've, we've looked a lot about this um, from a culture perspective around uh, collaboration and teams so the idea being that if it was stated that like in, in your core values or your you know cultural drivers, um, that collaborating as a team is what helps the organization do better work and get better results. So that in fact, you're not necessarily judged as an individual, which makes you compete against your team members. But in fact, you're judged as a as a team and how the team works together to achieve goals. You know, that's that's one way to attack this issue, you know, from a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And to me, I think that philosophy, you know, whether it's at a team level, organization level, like for all of us, the pie can be bigger. Right. And I think if if organizations communicate that effectively that, you know, a lot of times it's like, oh, there's only so much like in the pool for raises. So the top performers will get more. The next one will get less. Like, okay, but what if the organization is more successful? Can we be transparent about that directly translating to people? So like, hey, the more successful you are, the more successful you help your team be, you're going to all help each other because there's going to be more like more to give back to everybody. And I think, again, like the larger the organization gets, I understand the complexities. I don't want to make it sound like, oh, it's such a simple thing. Why why isn't everybody doing it? But I think it's a really important thing to strive towards. And, and we talk a lot about 
you know, what organizations can do internally to make societies better, to make people better, to make families better. And I think helping people with this kind of mindset that if you do well, if you help others, if you help the greater good, it will come back to you. I think that can have a really a phenomenal ripple effect, not only within an organization, but about how people think about life in general. And then have an impact outside of that organization as well. For the purposes of our conversation, I think the, you know, even the impact on the in, in organization internally will be phenomenal. But if we, you know, think about it bigger, I think that it, it could really start to make a tremendous difference. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's just so many layers to this, you know, it's, it's uh, <laughs> just my brain is going off in 10 million different directions already. But I think ultimately, Bottom line for me is that having transparency in this area helps to build trust, you know, and an organization that that is trusted, that the employers trust to be, you know, working on their behalf um, is is one that will attract more people no matter what, you know, and that will I really think will be more successful in the long term. So. So there Good. You go. <laughs> uh, it's it's such a big topic. I feel like we just scratched the surface, but it was important one to at least spend um, some time discussing, continuing to brainstorm. It'll be really interesting to see how organizations continue to evolve um, in this area, what kind of results they're getting. And I, I do hope that more and more organizations share their stories because we know that's generally how change happens. And the more companies that experiment with this and find good ways to do it, the more likely others are going to jump on board. Because again, it's not black and white. There are going to be some things that are difficult. There are going to be some trade-offs. But with everything else, I think there you have to encounter some difficulties in the end to, to have this greater good and to come to a yeah. better solution. So it's it's, you know, some bumps, some hurdles along the way, but then in the end, you'll feel like you're doing the right thing. And so um, I do think the more, like I was saying, the more stories are shared, the more we can learn from each other, the more confidence people can get, like, especially those organizations that did it well, if they can share that and their success stories, so others can jump on board. I think that'll be really, really valuable, uh, because it'll be give more it'll give people more knowledge and it'll give organizations more confidence to take that leap. hundred percent. I love that. It'll make it all worthwhile. (laughs) All right. With that, I think it is time to wrap it up for this week. So we will see you again next week at work at life. Thank you, Sonia. Thanks Maddie. Thank you everybody. See you soon. Bye.